You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hello, it's Brooke DeVard and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. Welcome back for another episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. This is a great conversation that I had with the incredible makeup artist Jocelyn Biga for today's Naked Beauty, where we talk all about travel beauty, how to get all of your skincare right ahead of a trip, some awesome places to shop for beauty that wouldn't be expected. Spoiler alert, it's the airport. I'm telling you guys, when you're traveling, Duty Free has amazing skincare things that really help to set the tone for your trip. I'll come back to that. But we also just talked about getting your complexion right. Like I love talking to makeup artists that really know what they're doing because the best makeup artists have mastered that no makeup makeup look that I love so much. And I want my concealer, my foundation, my powder, I want everything to look perfect and flawless. And that is like the quest that I've been on for the past few years. And I love skincare, but I love makeup too. And I think I'm actually very good at doing my makeup. But what I have noticed is when I get my makeup professionally done on a set or for an event, it lasts. At the end of the night, the makeup that I'm taking off is very similar to what they did four or five hours before. When I do my own makeup, it looks really good. And then I'll look in the mirror like three hours later, four hours later, and... It's like I'm it's like it's gone. It's like 50% of it isn't there anymore and I didn't know what I was doing wrong. So I was actually able to ask Jocelyn in this interview, okay, this is what I do and this is what's happening and what am I doing wrong? And she was able to actually diagnose me. Like she was able to tell me what I was doing wrong. There was a week between me recording this intro and us doing this interview and I actually changed up my approach to my makeup based on her tips from this and game changer. My makeup is lasting so much longer. I think I still need to find a longer wearing concealer. You guys know my favorite concealer. It's very creamy, but I don't know that it's as long wear as I need it to be. So that is the next thing I'm on the hunt for. And I will keep you guys updated on that. But overall, just a great conversation. I find Jocelyn to be so inspiring. She gives great career advice as well. And I think you guys are really going to like this conversation. Now, this whole thing about traveling and beauty products, Miami was a great experience because it was like a test run for my upcoming Mexico trip. One, Miami is so much fun. If anyone listening to this podcast lives in Miami, I'm jealous. Miami is just like great vibes all of the time. I had so much fun at Art Basel. I was able to see art. I was able to go to lots of events. And I was also just able to connect with some amazing women that I've had on this podcast. I saw... 
Abana from Hanahana Beauty. She's always so much fun. I was able to hang out with Alamide, who you guys know is the CEO and founder of Topicals. We love Topicals. I was able to hang out with Hannah Bronfman, who is a fellow mom. And she's been on this podcast, what, four or five times now? We went to the Lizzo concert and ended up like ice skating after too many cocktails. We just had such a fun, fun night. I saw the girls from Black Girls texting, Chelsea and Glenn and Sade. It was great to see them in Miami. So Miami was really fun because I was able to connect with so many people. But there were also a lot of late nights and cocktails and things that I am not used to doing in my day-to-day life. And I think having the right skincare was really critical for me. I also really believe, and this may sound melodramatic, that your skincare sets the tone for your vacation. I think having travel-sized versions of your favorite beauty products just elevates your experience. Now, I am really trying to get better about this because I have been the person the night before the trip packing, like squeezing products into smaller tubes and unmarked labels and throwing things in Ziploc bags. And then you unpack from the hotel and it's just a mess. Like you don't know what's in what and you haven't labeled it properly and it just doesn't feel good. So for this most recent trip to Miami, I packed this like mini La Mer moisturizer. Like it's like a tiny little like jar of La Mer. It's so cute. And can you guys believe that in all of my years of loving skincare, I have not used La Mer until now. My friends from Estee Lauder sent me the La Mer products. So thank you for that lovely gift. But the La Mer moisturizer and then this mini renewal oil that they have, it was such an incredible experience. My skin felt soft and hydrated despite the abuse that I was putting my skin under. Now, I was still good about my sunscreen the whole trip. I alternated between the Black Girl sunscreen, which I love because it has that avocado oil. So if you have dry skin, I do love that sunscreen. And then I used the Super Goop sunscreen with vitamin C that I also really like. I kind of alternated between those two. But All of those like nice products at the end of the night just felt so good, especially when you're just flying and then you're in this new humid environment. So I loved that. And I think one of the big takeaways for you guys in this episode is that you can do amazing, amazing beauty and skincare shopping at the airport. Like the duty free at the airport is where it's at. You can get great value. If you guys are traveling and you see this like mini La Mer moisturizer, like just get it. It's tiny, but it's enough for like a one week, even two week trip. You could probably use it for a two week trip if you were using it every single day. I think people are sleeping on shopping at the airport. One of the things that I always get at Duty Free is the Estee Lauder Advanced Night Repair Serum. That is a staple. I have literally been using that since high school. My mom introduced me to that skincare product. It's like the first luxury skincare product I can ever remember buying. A travel size with that is great. It's also a great gift. So a lot of us are traveling for the holidays and traveling to family members, loved ones. Don't overlook the airport as a place to do holiday and gift shopping as well. Not only do you not have to worry about like cramming it in your bag, you can also get really good value at the airport. And there are some exclusive things that airports have that you can't find anywhere else. Now, I also like to buy fragrance at the airport for two reasons. One, it's an amazing gift. If you give someone a Joe Malone candle or like a beautiful Joe Malone body moisturizer, they are going to be happy. That's something that people don't often buy for themselves, but they're always happy to get a beautifully crafted, gorgeous smelling product. If you're traveling just for yourself or for fun, I love buying fragrance ahead of a trip because it ties a scent 
to the memory of the place that you're going. You know what I mean? So it's like, as you wear that scent, you'll be like, oh, yes, I bought this on my way to the Caribbean or on my way to wherever you're going. And I like that fragrance has that ability to do that. The scent that I'm looking out for is the Tom Ford Lost Cherry. There's also a Tom Ford Bitter Peach that I would like to try as well. But those fragrances that Tom Ford does that are always at the airport. And I often find that the airport has more of a selection of his fragrances that I can even find in department stores. So that's definitely something that I'm looking forward to picking up on this upcoming trip that I have to Mexico. And the other thing that you can do is you can reserve these items ahead of time with an app. I'm going to link to this app in the show notes. But big takeaway here is don't overlook doing beauty and skincare shopping at the airport. It is such a win. Also, this interview with Jocelyn, it's so great. She has so much information. You guys know I'm like so hard on myself about this podcast that I record, you know, at home in a studio sometimes. And my mic was turned up really loud for the first part of the interview. I fix it like midway in the interview. But as I was listening back, I was like, oh my gosh, my mic doesn't sound good. And then I tried to like re-record my portions of the questions, but then it just didn't like gel well or feel natural. So I'm like, personally disappointed with myself on the audio quality of my mic, but Jocelyn sounds amazing. And all of her tips are there for you guys to absorb and take in. And as I got second opinions on my audio, people were like, it's fine. It's fine. So that's just that's just me as a podcaster. You know, I'm doing this for five years now. Can you guys believe it's been five years? It's gone by so fast. But I still make mistakes, things still happen, and I'm learning to just let go and realize that that is okay and it doesn't take away from the content and the things that we are discussing. I hope you guys find this episode really helpful and useful. Thank you all for all of your support. And if you're listening to this ahead of travel for the holidays, have the best time. And if you're staying at home and doing a staycation, that is so relaxing and rejuvenating and a great way to just feel really settled before we take on this new year. So whatever you have planned uh, coming up for the holidays, enjoy it. And I hope you guys love this conversation with Jocelyn. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts, not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, Solon logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Jocelyn Biga, welcome to the Naked Beauty Podcast. I'm so excited to have you on. Hey, what's up? I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. 
Of course. I love talking to makeup artists because I love makeup and I'm like a makeup amateur, but I love it so much. And the fact that you have ascended to this level in your career, you are the director of global artistry for Estee Lauder, which amazing. And you look really young. Do you mind if I ask how old you are? Cause like you're giving 29. Thank you, darling. No, <laughs> I'm not 29. I wish I'm 37. Wow. Do people like say you have like young energy or that you look really young? Yes, both. People don't, don't even believe me sometimes that I'm 37. Um, and yeah. I take that as a compliment, but inside in my soul, I feel 37. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to hear how you got into beauty. Like what was your first introduction to beauty before you, you know, got to the position you're in now? You know, I always try to be clear when I tell this story, just because I get so many people like, oh, you're so inspiring. How can I get to where you are? And I just feel like everybody's journey is so different. So my mom's Colombian, just to give you like the shortest version I can. And I'm the only girl in my family. So beauty, I saw beauty so much within her just because of the beauty pageants. And that's what she wanted me to do. And that's where my first introduction to makeup was through beauty pageants. But little did she know that she got a little tomboy. So that's not what I wanted to do. <laughs> but I loved putting makeup on. I thought it was fun. It was like a form of expression to me. How did I know that this is what I truly loved and I could do it for a living was when I moved back to New York, I think it was like 19. So over like 17 years ago, I really needed a job and I started applying everywhere. And I ended up getting a job, a part-time job behind a counter at a Macy's and Roosevelt Fields in Long Island. And they called me and they're like, hey, and you applied for a job. We have something behind a, a makeup counter. I didn't know what I was signing up for. I was like, oh, that sounds fun. I'll take it. Here I am. Wow. So did yeah. so because I feel like oftentimes people say you have to know someone, you have to have connections, that it's like not straightforward to break into beauty. Do you think it was just you like working hard, focusing on your craft and then slowly, but obviously building relationships, but do you feel like it really was just you working hard at it? I think it's a combination of a couple of things. I definitely worked hard because I started behind the counter as a part-timer. And the best advice that was ever given to me was insert yourself. No one is going to send you an invitation. Yes. So yes, while I was but I was put in great situations, that doesn't guarantee you anything. So if I knew that I was going to be someone somewhere that there was someone I wanted to be noticed by, I, I inserted myself. I introduced myself. If it took me to be honest with you, like I'll never forget this. Like some of the jobs that I had to go to, I had to take two, three buses, two trains to get there. So if my day started at 11, I would sometimes have to leave at seven to get to that job because that's what it took. So there was a lot of people that believed in me. I had some amazing mentors, but I definitely worked very hard. So it's a combination of both. I love this advice about inserting yourself, not being shy. I can remember I interviewed Claire Summers, who has this platform called The Fashion Bomb. And she talks about going up to Anna Wintour and just introducing herself and extending her hand and saying, hi, nice to meet you. you know, not being afraid to make your presence known is such a big key to success. And that's great advice because not a lot of people share that one tip, but it's really big, right? Yeah, it's huge. And I feel like it's it's so big in the times that we live now with our generations. I feel like everybody feels like somebody is owed a favor or just because you go to this one place and you're around mm -hmm. all these amazing people, somebody 
owes you something, but really you just, you have to put yourself out there. You have to be okay with being wrong, be okay with someone not liking your style or you're not for everyone. You just, you just have to be okay. You just have to try to be honest. Like I've been told no so many times. And to me, like, no was next. I'm like, all right, this is just not for me. Love it. No was next. That's powerful. Well, we're going to talk all things makeup, but also just like getting that flawless complexion. Like I am always searching for like, you know, that moment before you've done the blush and the eye makeup, but like the skin, the complexion products are on and it's like the dark circles are covered and you're like, you know what, this could be like a no makeup look, but I've got a lot went into this, but part of that is also having a good skincare routine, right? Like the the base has to be good for all the products that go on top of it to look great together. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, get your expert advice. But before we get into that, I want to talk about beauty travel because that is top of mind for me. I am preparing to go to Mexico, which I'm so excited about. And this year, it was a better year than last year because we had the vaccine. So we get to travel. Yay. Um, but I've also just been so burnt out and I just like need a vacation. Are you going away? Are you treating yourself to any travel at the end of this year? I am. I actually just got back from Guatemala yesterday. I was there and um, I, my, my mother's from Colombia. So I spend the holidays there every year. So I'll be doing that. Travel is like a huge part of my job and what I do personally. So I feel very excited about having this conversation with you because it's a very big passion of mine. Yes. What's beauty culture like in Colombia? Oh my gosh, it's huge. Like every corner you're going to see like a a hair salon, a gym, a, a facial place, a spa. It's so big. That's why it was like my first like introduction to beauty because my mom, I, I, I always remember seeing my mom, she was like cleaning the house or cooking and she had like a full face on. I'm like, where are you going? Like, a donde vas? She's like, nowhere. You always have to look amazing. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And um, I was like, I'll never be that person. And here I am. Well, you know what? Spoken like a, a true beauty queen, your mom, she just always stayed committed to it. I love that. So. When you are traveling, what are your must-have travel beauty products? Sometimes I feel very organized and like I've got my little mini travel sets and my kits and everything ready. And sometimes I feel like I'm just like pouring things into smaller containers and putting things in Ziplocs and it's like a mess and I don't like that. So this trip, I'm like going to be organized and I need inspiration from you. So what are like your must-have travel products? I love that we're having this conversation because one of my friends met me up in Guatemala and she was looking at what I packed with me and my carry on. And she's like, how did you take those things with you? And meanwhile, she's like, I'm taking all of my, like my cheaper skincare with me. Cause I'm afraid for it to be taken away. So I feel like people just need to be a little bit more informed on what they're able to take with them. So to me, what I know that I'm always going to take with me is my lips get really dry. So I'm always going to take with me a lip balm. Yes. Um, What I'm always going to take with me is my repairing serum that I've used since I'm like 17. Oh. And and if I have a long flight, I'll carry with me a mask. I don't care how crazy I look on there, but I'll never travel with makeup on. Oh, yes. I totally agree with that. And, And the repairing serum, to be clear, this is like the famous Estee Lauder repairing serum in the brown bottle. Yes. Yes. That is a phenomenal product and one that I feel like 
pro tip you can buy at the airport that a lot of people don't realize. Yes, you can buy it at duty free. And what I love about buying it there is because they have this exclusive size that you can't get anywhere besides duty free. So this thing looks huge because it's like 100 ml. You can only get it there. But this is the holy grail. Yes. I'm telling you like this I've used since I'm 17 and this is just this is it. It's so great. So what does it do for your skin? I know what it does for my skin because for me, I feel like it makes my skin softer and like more like supple. And I just like love that feeling of when you put it on the night before, how it feels the next morning. But what does it do for you? Because it's like a cult product. There, there aren't very many skincare products that decades people are obsessed with. Yeah, decades. And I also feel like since it's been around so long, people feel like, all right, it's a cold product, but really like, what does it do? I mean, obviously all of those things that you've already said, because that's what you already immediately see and feel, but here's what it's going to do for your skin, like long-term. So first things first, it's a repairing serum. So you use it before your moisturizer, whatever moisturizer you use and love, you use it before that. Even though it says night repair, you use it day and night. So mm-hmm. it's gotten updated throughout like the years that it's been around, which I believe is like 1983 or 84 when I was born. <laughs> um, but what it does now is that it helps to improve the natural repair process that your skin goes through. So it helps like accelerate it, building natural collagen and elastin to the skin. Most importantly, it helps repairing any damage that you've done to your skin, Um, sun damage, environmental damage, like lack of sleep. Now the new formula and the bottle is also recyclable, which I love with the new, you know, sustainability that the brand is going through is that it provides like 72 hours hydration, but like, yes, repairing your skin at night is cool when you're sleeping, but the damage is mostly done of what our skin is exposed through to the day. Cause environmental damage is like really what causes everything like the sun, the pollution, the sun, all yeah. that, which is scary. So now this, this serum helps with eight hour antioxidant protection, which means like protecting you from practically like life. Yes. Okay. So you layer it under your sunscreen during the day. I'm going to try this. I've only been using it at night. Yeah, I know because it says night, but yes, like think prepare at night protection during the day. Okay. I love this. This is a great tip. You mentioned the mask on the airplane. I have mm-hmm. seen people do this and to me, it just seems very extra, but you feel like yeah. it makes a difference. I mean, look, yeah. Is it extra? Yep. It's definitely <laughs> it's extra. I'm not going to lie. And it doesn't have to be like a sheet mask. It could be a cream mask. If my flight is long, like if I'm flying here to LA, like a five hour flight and it's like nighttime, I'm definitely going to do a mask. Mm. Just just like that AC on the plane is recycled. It dries you out. It just sucks up everything and we just need it. Yes. I also feel like my skin will freak out. One, well, there's the dryness on the plane, but also there's like this going from a very cold climate to then suddenly you land and you're like in this warm, humid climate and your skin does a little bit of like, what is going on here? Like climate shock. Yes. Yes. But I I like your, I like your point about taking the skincare you love when you travel. Cause I, I agree. I think a lot of people downgrade, like they bring their like B and C list products with them on vacation because they know if it gets confiscated, okay, whatever, or you know, they're worried about their nicer products breaking, but that 
downgrades your vacation experience. Like you should bring the best of the best with you. So that's why it's like, if you can't figure it out ahead of time, it is a good tip to shop duty-free at the airport, which I feel like a lot of people overlook. Yes. So I love that you said that because everybody downgrades on their skincare, like you said. And then what ends up when it ends up happening is that they come back home and they're like, I need a facial. I need this and this and that because they've stopped using their right. Stuff. Right. So I often stop at duty free for a couple of reasons, because I can get good deals. Yes. I, get, I get sets, which means I get smaller sizes of things. So like my serum, I don't take this with me. Can I take it with me in my luggage? Absolutely. But I don't need this much of it. Right. So I, I'll always get like the little sets and I'll keep those and refill those with my bigger size. Um, there's just so many ways, but you get such great deals on sizes, sets and prices that you cannot get anywhere else. Yes, I totally agree. I totally agree. So one of the pillars of great makeup is great skincare. When you work with people and and you're doing makeup and talk to us a little bit about the type of makeup that you do, because I would imagine you do makeup for, I've seen like you've done editorial work. You just mentioned a wedding. Um, Do you also do celebrity? Like what are some of the cool makeup jobs you've done? I mean, I work a lot on set which yeah. is a whole different world from like everyday makeup. Yeah. So what I work a lot on set is that no makeup makeup look. My favorite. Which is something very difficult for a lot of makeup artists. But if you can master that, I feel like it's a game changer. But I mostly work on set. So okay. that's the world that I live in. Okay. So that I do, like, I feel like if you see my work you know, like, oh, that's Jocelyn makeup. It's glowing skin. Um, not much of the features compete against each other. It could be, it's either one. And if the work calls for it, there might be like a little surprise of color somewhere, but right. I'm all about skin and complexion. Okay. Yes. This is my type of makeup. Exactly. So you always talk about the fact that makeup doesn't need to be complicated. I've read your interviews and that's very reassuring to hear because I do think, and I'm not, this is not a dig at like YouTubers at all, but a lot of times you'll see these like viral videos and stuff. They use like 17, 20 products, like so many steps. Like I, I, I don't know if you've seen this recent trend where people are using jade rollers to roll in foundation. And I'm like, do we need to do this? And maybe, maybe that's a great tip. I haven't tried it, but I feel like people will have you thinking that you need to use a million products. Are there just like three or four products that you think are really important to get right to create that like perfect base no makeup, makeup look? Yeah. I mean, agreed, not here to dig anyone, but when I say it, I really mean it. Like it doesn't have to be that complicated. It's just up to you on how you decide how long your process you want it to be. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Um, So it's personal preference. My personal preference is I like to make it as minimal and realistic as possible. So for me, I'm a makeup artist first to be clear, right? But I don't care how much makeup you put on or how little makeup you put on. If it does not have the good foundation of skincare, no makeup is going to look flawless. Right, right. So I can talk about makeup all day long, but really skincare is first. Yes. The removal of it, the application of it, the amount of it, of all of it. So to answer your question, if I would just choose three things for a perfect complexion, 
or great makeup, I would say a good cleanser. Okay. What's your, what's your go-to cleanser? I feel like I'm, I'm using six different cleansers right now. Okay. So here's the thing. I can never answer a question like this easily because everybody's skin is circumstantial. Like right right now, my skin is quite dry. So I've transitioned into my balm cleanser, which is Mm. those cleansers that are really trendy right now that are- I love a balm. Go into an oil. Love. When it hits water, it turns into a milky lotion. I love balm cleansers. Like from a sensory perspective, that's so pleasing. It's like just putting that goop on your face and seeing all the makeup melt off. I just, I love it. The best. Good cleanser. I love those. You can't go wrong. In the summertime, I do transition into like a foaming cleanser. I don't know why. It could be mental for me. I just, I like it in the summertime. Okay. I like to see the foam. It's got it for me. Um, So a good cleanser, a good serum. And just to give you some, context there. If you're cleansing your skin, your cleanser should never really strip your skin. Right. But in order for your moisturizer to be received, it needs a serum. Right. 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 And it could be any kind of serum. It could be the advanced night repair, the one I keep raving about. It could be something to brighten your skin and give you a little bit of radiance. It's all preference. But to be honest, it would have to be a cleanser, a serum and a moisturizer. It doesn't matter what makeup you put, you need those three. Yes. And a sunscreen. I will always be a big advocate for sunscreen. Like, how can I forget? And you need a sunscreen, even if it's like my moisturizer has a sunscreen in it. So that's why I always forget to mention it. But to me, that's not enough. Yeah. So a sunscreen is is a must. Yes. And I'm so happy you mentioned that the like formulations with SPF, because sometimes there'll be like a foundation with like SPF 15 in it, but that's not enough. Like you have to put on like a real dedicated sunscreen that has, I would say at least SPF 30 in it. It doesn't have to be SPF 100 or 80, but like SPF 30, 40. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So just getting into the makeup a little bit, let me tell you what I do for when I'm trying to do like a flawless base, and you can tell me if this is right. (laughs) I do a foundation and I try to do like a buildable foundation. I'm like all over the place with foundation. Sometimes I wear it and other times I just do concealer like all over my face. Like I'll, I'll take the like Kosas concealer. I'll put it under my eyes, like on my forehead, around my mouth, like around my mouth area, I have darkness and I'm like, always trying to kind of like color correct there, but I don't do like a color corrector. So it's like a concealer, a foundation, if I'm like really going for it. I've just now added a setting powder into my routine. That's like my formula for like a good base. Is this enough? Am I missing steps? Please critique. Here's the thing. What I love about what I do is that every makeup artist has a different perspective or a different style of how to do things. So there's really no, well, there could be some really wrong things. So let me stop there. (laughs) So when you say, am I doing it wrong? You're doing, uh, you're doing great. You're using some cool products, but you have to pay attention to, I'll say this over and over, like where your skin is right now. Hmm. So for example, it's very normal to use two different types of formulas if needed during the seasons. So you might use something during the summer. You might using during something during the winter. It's also the same situation for concealers. That's totally normal. 
Mm. In terms of shades or formulations even? Like, I mean, both shades, because sometimes you might get darker in the Right, summer. right. So it's like, it's totally normal to own three different types of concealers and formulas and foundations. That is completely okay. So I'll start there. A buildable foundation is great. Also, if you're somebody that doesn't want to own multiple things, that's perfectly fine. But how, how you prep your skin can determine of what that foundation and concealer is going to look like. Does that make mm. sense? Am I getting too artsy? No, no, no. I'm, I'm fully with you. So for example, here's why I love a buildable foundation. Like for example, the double wear Estee Lauder one. I like this foundation a lot. I use it in my kit. I use it on most of my clients for this reason. If the customer has oily skin, let's just say, I'm not going to put so much skincare on her. Right. That foundation is going to look perfectly fine without loading her skin. So if you're doing what you're doing and it feels good to you, and your skin and you feel like you're getting the longevity from it, I think it's perfectly fine. Yeah. I don't know if I'm getting the longevity part because I I can put on makeup at like 10 a.m. and at 3 p.m. look in the mirror and be like, my mascara is kind of like under my eyes, creating like a nice little like panda look for me. And like, do I even have concealer on because my dark circles have returned? I don't know that I'm getting the longevity part down. Yeah, that's the thing with this whole no makeup makeup look, especially with this like new uh, serum skin type of products. They're very pretty, but they're not going to last long. And especially mm. if you're active during the day, they're, they're not going to last long. So that's why I believe if you prep your skin properly and you use like a less amount of something, you're going to get that no makeup makeup look, but it's not going to feel like a caked on face. So prep your skin good with a moisturizer. Let's say use like the double wear foundation that's 24 hour long wearing. It's humidity proof. It's sweat proof, but you don't have to put it on like a foundation. You just take a little bit and make it go a long way. And it's not going to look like a full face of foundation. Got it. Okay. We're arriving at an interesting question for me. I stopped buying and using primers because I kind of felt like they were a scam and I just use the skincare that I love under my makeup. Do you think primers are important? I'm I'm with you. They're gimmicky to me. I, Yay. Okay. I like I that my intuition led me to advice that a professional would align with. Other artists might say something different, but to me, I prime the skin with skincare. Yes, the I love only, to hear this. The only time I use a primer is if I have a client that has large pores. Okay, and like one of those blurring primers. Exactly, that is the only time. Okay, good to hear. So we're doing a light amount of foundation. Then you go in with concealer after the foundation. Where do you place concealer? I'm putting it everywhere. I'm like putting it on my eyelids, around my mouth. I'm, I'm like using the concealer as a foundation, basically. Yeah, that's, it's okay. Many people do that. So my relationship with concealer is a little different. So for example, um, I have this hooded lid. I'm, I'll use myself as example. I have a, a hooded lid, so I can't really, I don't really put anything on my lid, but as far Can as- Can I ask, sorry, what a hooded lid means? Because I don't think I have one and I always hear- I don't have one. Okay. Cause people will say this for hooded lids and I don't know what it means. So a hooded lid means like, if I look at you straight, you won't really see like the flat of my lid. You'll see mostly this, Oh, my brow, my brow bone. Yeah. But isn't that desirable? You have gorgeous, like a gorgeous eye shape. Don't people, do people want a hooded lid? 
Not, no, nobody says, hi, I want a hooded lip. Oh, okay. Okay. See, this is my ignorance. I don't, I don't know. Okay. We battle with a lot of things like things transfer and they get on our lids because both of them are bottom lid and are like, I see. I see. Eyes are open. Everything hides. So we have to do our wing a little thicker on the outside. So it doesn't like look sad. I see. Like, I feel like I have like too much lid space. I have like the opposite. Yeah, you have an artist's dream. I've got a lot of lid space. Every time I get my makeup professionally done, they're like, what a canvas. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking in my head. I was like, I want to get my hands on those. Oh my God. Okay. To answer your question, I am not a fan of putting concealer on the lid. Okay. There are no pores on the lid, so it has nowhere to go. To sit there and through all of the movements throughout the day, it's just going to start releasing those natural oils and it'll crease. And there's, cause there's nowhere for it to go. Okay. What about for, especially for, you know, women like me that have melanin, dark skin, we, we see all of these beautiful, like pinks and blues and purple shadows, but unless I have some sort of base, like those are not showing up. I have found some good like liquid like eye paints that are cool and they they create like a light color base to go over. But I do feel like I need something before shadow. Yep, that's fair enough. That's the only time I would bring the concealer on the lid is for when you're going to put on any color on the Got it. out the skin tone or cancel any uneven pigmentations. But for everyday wear and any concerns of it creasing and moving around, I don't prefer to put it on there unless it's a long wearing waterproof, not going to move. Got it. So sometimes I'll even say, I even prefer if you're going to wear a long wearing foundation, put that on your lid instead of the concealer. Interesting. Okay. So I know where you don't put concealer. Where do you put concealer? Okay. I think it goes different for everyone. You personally, I guess. Okay. So I'll always tell this to people, put it where you want to correct first. Okay. So where would that be for you? Definitely under my eyes. I've got these dark circles, which I've always had. People are like, get more sleep. I'm like, this is just my, this is my, yeah, this is what it is. And then around my mouth area, I have some darkness. And then I do do like kind of my lid. And then sometimes I'll like bring it up between, I don't really need to do anything on my forehead area, but those, that's what I really focus on. Like eye area and like around the mouth. Okay. Do you do it? I'm just curious. Do you do it before your foundation or after? If I am doing foundation, I would do it after my foundation. Our mutual friend, Katie Jane Hughes taught me a very interesting trick. It's like a reverse contour to put concealer, like on the jaw, like above the jaw area, which was so like, she like walked me through it. And it was amazing when we did it together, but I feel like I've tried it since. I'm like, I haven't quite gotten it down. So I'm like, that may be a little too advanced for me for every day, but yeah, mostly around the eye and around the mouth. Gotcha. That's perfectly fine. I would, for example, on myself, I just put it here where I'm the darkest and then that's where I load it, but not a lot. And then I, I start blending it out to even out the skin tone. Okay. So just under the eye. Yeah. Wherever I'm the darkest for you, you would put it on where you're the darkest. Mm -hmm. And I always go back. I always say, start with the little and then add more as you go. So you're not overloading it. Yes. Cause it's easy to overload. So it's so much easier to start with a little bit and add as you go. Yeah. 
wait until the whole face is done. Because sometimes we start with little pieces and you can't see the full canvas until you're done. So true. We we just add too much as you go. So just like take a step back, finish your face, feel it out. And you're like, okay, I could use more than add. Do you feel that a brush makes a difference? Like having a right concealer brush? Yes. You could probably ask this question to anybody else and they love using their fingers. I love using brushes. Yeah. I have found that my finished product looks so much better when I use a brush. And I think, you know, what I think is confusing for a lot of amateurs like me, that wand that comes with concealer, like, you know, that like almost like lip gloss wand, it's kind of positioned in a way where they make you feel like you should use that to like smear it around your face and apply it. When really what I find works best for me is putting a little bit on the back of my hand, warming it up and then dipping a brush in that. I agree. And that also teaches you control. Because once you put it on your face, you almost feel committed to have to use it all. Yes, that's so true. You kind of have to, you like smear it all over and then you've got to like make it work versus putting it on the back of your hand first. I like this tip. Yeah. So uh, that's why I'm like, that's what I struggle with sometimes when I see these videos of people just taking those wands and like marking their face with so much. And I'm like, why? Why? Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. It's very entertaining, but it just, I feel like sometimes it just teaches bad behavior because not everybody needs that. There's some people that that technique will definitely work on, but it's not always necessary. Yes, absolutely. So powder is, is that the reason why my, my concealer is gone by three or 4 PM because I'm not like setting it properly. I'm just wondering maybe if the concealer you're using doesn't have that long wear that you're desiring, that that could be it. There's a couple of things. A lot of people wear eye creams under their concealers. Maybe they're putting too much. I do that. Yeah. Right. So I always tell people, do not prep your skin during the day like you're prepping it at night. It's two different functions. Mm, I think you've ding, ding, ding. I think I think you've arrived at my issue. I'm putting on like facial oils and like an eye, like a heavy eye balm and then going in with my skincare. I always have to think about when I answer these questions because there's a method to it. Like during, during the day, you're prepping your skin to put on makeup. That means you're putting serum, moisturizer. You're maybe going to wear a primer. You're going to wear foundation, concealer, powder, a bomb contour versus at night, your skin needs that extra moisture because when you're going to sleep, it's working so hard to prepare itself versus during the day, you're naturally active and you're going to release already natural oil. So you're not going to need that much skincare. You need to like pump the brakes and use less of it. Yeah. If not, it all becomes one big mush and you're, nothing's really going to last. Yes. Okay. Note to self, use less skincare when I want my makeup to do more. Like for example, I'll give you an example. Even, even for me, I have dry skin. When I do my, my moisturizer in the day, I'll put it on, I'll use less, but I'll mostly use it on the outside of my face and just whatever's left, I'll put it in the center, but I won't overload the center of my face. Okay. I think you've identified my issue. Thank you. This is very helpful. <laughs> Anytime. I mean, let's hope so, but it's just people make that mistake all the time. Yes. In care same day and night. And I'm like, that's so much. That's yes. So much. Yes. What is your stance on contour? I've been doing this podcast for five years and I can remember in the early days of the podcast, there was a very big anti-contour. People were like, it's so bad. Like, don't do it. Don't contour your face. It looks bad. And now I feel like we're in a place where people are okay with contour if it's done right, but 
it's almost like good contour. You don't even know it's contour. Exactly. That's exactly it. I wanted to scream when that trend started happening, where it was just like so heavy and the baking and, no, and right. that that's just 2016 vibes. Yeah. Yes. But I love <laughs> a good natural contour where it's undetectable. Like mm-hmm. I always say to people, ideally, if this is the look that you want, you want somebody to come up to you and say, wow, your skin is so beautiful. Right. Like, do you want someone to come up to you and say, ooh, what foundation are you wearing? Of course not, yeah. Right, that wouldn't be bad, but ideally is the skin that you want it to come like from within to just an emoji. It's just, that's what you're looking (laughs) for. So the contour should look like it's defining and enhancing your natural waves of your skin, but I don't feel like it should be the entry point of the face. Yes, I totally agree. So you see a lot. You're in this day to day. How do you get inspired? I don't want to sound creepy or anything. <laughs> or maybe I am. Whatever. I don't care. But honestly, what inspires me is the person in front of me. Okay. So when I have a client, whoever it is, I just study their skin, you know, obviously while I'm prepping it, I, you know, always prep their skin with a massage, but I'm, my fingers are going in through the natural contours of their face. Their face to me is my canvas. So that's what inspires me, the person in front of me and just like daily life. What about when you are doing makeup? I think, you know, I think about people's relationship with professional makeup artists. And I think I got my makeup professionally done for the first time when I was maybe like 13 because I was like modeling and I was on sets and, you know, I've had lots of interactions with makeup artists, but for a lot of people, that first interaction is on their wedding day. And Mm -hmm. I feel like wedding makeup is for a lot of people scary because they don't want to look like some weird version of themselves. They want to look like themselves, but better. You just mentioned that you've done a wedding. How do you advise people to find the right makeup look for their wedding? Like what are, what are some of the like words or directions they should give a makeup artist? Working weddings is, is tough. I don't work many of them to be honest, but I have in the past, but I'm speaking to right now. I don't work many. I think that conversation needs to be 100% transparent. Sometimes the bride is going to hear something that maybe she doesn't want to hear, but you have to be 100% transparent. So I'm going to give you an example. My bride that I had this weekend was the most natural human being. She never wears makeup at all, ever, ever, ever. But that wedding was a tearjerker. Everybody was crying. So I told her, I was like, I'm going to give you what you want. I promise you. But I'm going to tell you that all that you're going to have to remember is pictures. And you want it to look through the pictures. And it's going to feel a little different than what you're normally used to. But I promise you that you're still going to look like yourself. And if you don't just just deal with the little uncomfort of it feeling maybe just a little I don't want to use the word heavy because that already sounds uncomfortable, but it's going to feel different. Right. This is sounding exactly like my best friend, Abigail, who I love. She was like, I'm not going to wear makeup on my on my wedding. I said, Abigail, come on. She's like, maybe a little mascara and lip gloss. And I said, <laughs> no. honey. And she got her makeup done and she looked so beautiful and just like herself better. But I think a lot of people are afraid of wearing makeup. Yeah. And I don't blame them because there's just been some very 
sad stories out there. And like my bride and her mother and everybody that I did, they cried a lot, like a lot, but there was no tear tracks. Yeah. Um, And that's why I just told her, I was like, just trust me, I promise. And I know it's hard to trust somebody on such a special day, but right. Just, yeah, it's scary. I don't, I don't, I don't blame, I don't blame a bride. That's why I think the trial is so important. Right. So like doing that trial ahead of time. And also like I got married in Italy. You've been in the industry long enough to know that, you know, shade ranges in Europe, like, I mean, scary. So I brought the products that I knew work for my skin. You can, you know, have your kit, but like I have my stuff here and just like figure out what you like, bring it there, do a trial. And then I think like it's key to tell a makeup artist, at least what I've like told if if it's makeup done for me is that like, I still want my skin to be visible. I want to see skin. I don't want to see a mask. Yeah. 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 And there's a way to, if a makeup artist knows what she's doing, there is a way to do that. Right. And it all starts with prepping the skin. Right. And if you don't, and if you, and if you, if you're not happy with the trial, you really need to just move on. Yeah. 100%. Like don't feel bad to say this relationship is not going to (laughs) work. Exactly. What do you think is next in beauty? I think there's been a lot written about the pandemic and the fact that we've had to cover our the entire lower part of our face and people are saying, okay, lipstick's going to have a big moment now, but I don't know. So what do you think is next in beauty? I could be wrong, but here's what I'm observing. And it makes me very excited. I feel like people are taking care of their skin more than ever now. I agree. Um, They're more conscious of it. They're more knowledgeable of skincare treatments, SPF. So I feel like that's a big thing. I also, what excites me, I feel like minimal makeup is more of a movement now. People aren't wearing as much. They're wearing less because they're investing more in their skincare. So they're not needing as much makeup. As far as makeup, when it comes to color, I feel like during the pandemic, we saw a lot of people playing up their eyes a little more and their brows. And now I am loving this whole blush and cheek moment that's happening. Yeah. I love your blush. It's so pretty. Thank you. This is actually the same lipstick I'm wearing on my cheeks. Oh, such a makeup artist. Such a makeup <laughs> artist. I love Kinda it. Kind of old school, but I was like, let's do it. It looks great. It looks great. So you just, t- how do you, how do you actually do that? You just take the lipstick and, and put your blush brush into the lipstick? I mean, most people would just take the, the tube and like swatch their face. That to me, that's going to lift your foundation and it's going to like streak it. Yeah. So I like putting the lipstick. Oh, I have it here. Hold on. I'll show you. <laughs> I put the lipstick on my hand yeah. and kind of create a little circle like that. And I personally just like to soften the edges of it and take a brush like this and just gather a little bit of it, kind of loading the brush so it's not like gathered in one area. And my biggest tip is the way you hold your brush is going to change the game of how you put your makeup on. A lot of people hold their brushes from the front as if they were writing and that creates a lot of pressure. So I'm always like, grab it from the center or the back of the handle and gently start in the areas where it's easier to correct. So the outside versus the front and just kind of like press it on there very softly. So you're not loading. It's so much easier to add than remove. Yes. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a huge patter and tapper, just because I always try to remind people and clients that if you're not a professional, there's ways to work around this. Like a professional makeup artist can sweep and make it look extremely flawless. But if you're not, 
just remember that you have things underneath that are moist, like right. skincare and primers. And if you have a foundation and a powder underneath, the last thing that you want to do is start sweeping and swiping because it'll cause streaks and patches. And then you're going to have to clean up and that's just too much work. And we don't have time for that. Yes, <laughs> I totally agree. <laughs> In terms of beauty innovation, where do you see like real innovation, whether that's in formulas or packaging, or I feel like there is a lot of innovation happening in the beauty space, but what are you excited about? I mean, I'm excited about this whole sustainability piece when it's coming to beauty, like the packaging of not having to be as bulky, the material that it is. I feel like it's not only going to feel convenient for your everyday people, but as an artist as well. I think that's a big piece. I'm mostly excited about as far as innovation is, I mean, this color situation, like, I don't know if you've noticed, but people are playing with a lot of more color these days. And I'm not saying like a load of color. It's just like little pops and surprises of colors. So a lot of brands are launching color and that's exciting because the textures of eyeshadows have changed immensely. Yes. And I feel like, again, as a woman with melanated skin, I feel like I can finally start to play with color in a way that I haven't been able to, even just like growing up, like uh, those color, like it just didn't work on my skin. And now I'm able to find different like eye paints and and really pigmented shadows that just like look so great, especially on darker skin, I feel like. And people shouldn't be afraid of color. I think people are afraid of color. Yeah, because they feel like, oh, I I get a purple eyeshadow. I'm going to have to wear a dramatic look. Not not true. Be something as subtle as making it in liner or taking a fluffy brush and just dusting it on your eye. And there's so many formulas now. There's like cream, powder gelée, chrome, sticks, like forever and ever. So that innovative piece, I love. Yeah, that's so great. And what's your relationship to makeup and your skin? I think a lot of women, of course, because we have very unrealistic beauty standards shoved at us all the time, can get into a place where we don't feel beautiful with a bare face, that we don't feel beautiful, you know, leaving leaving our house without makeup. I think trying to think about like, I feel like in high school, maybe I did like always put on a mascara which is weird because I went to an all-girls school. So (laughs) definitely more for myself than for anyone else. But I think that that relationship between our self-esteem, the way that we approach our makeup, it can be a complicated one. For you, Jocelyn, do you feel great with a bare face? Have you always felt great with a bare face? Do Do you wear makeup every day? I don't. I feel like this answer has changed for me throughout the years. Um, I just maybe, maybe five years ago, I could have said, I feel fine without a bare face. As long as I have my brow and maybe some mascara on, um, I'm good to go. Um, but I turned 37 and then all of this stuff started surfacing on my face, on my skin. So right now I'm dealing personally with hyperpigmentation, sunspots, age spots, So I don't feel as confident as being in bare skin. Mm. Um, but what makes me feel confident and good is I'm back to this brow and mascara situation. Yeah. You have gorgeous brows, by the way. Thank you. Thank Dr- you. Dream brows. <laughs> they took me a while to get here, but thank you. What do you use? Do you use like a brow gel or a powder or pencil? 
I use a brow gel and then I use a, like those micro fine pencils. Okay. Your brow. Because I have very thick brows. So it works best for my brows. Okay. But you are, you are brow, brow goals. Um, (laughs) Have you made beauty mistakes in your journey? Oh yeah. What are some of your big beauty mistakes? Oh yeah. Like how else was I going to learn? Here's one of the things that I've always have promised myself is I'm okay with messing up and I'm okay owning up to it. So often um, I'm on set doing things that nobody teaches you, no school, no anybody. It's just a situation and experience teaches you. So I've messed up matching a, a, a skin tone. And then when it, when the, when the light on set hit, it looked something completely wrong. I don't care how many people were shooting. I said, I'm sorry, we have to stop. I need to fix this. Yeah. So good for the, you for saying the something. The camera guy has to stop. The photographer has to stop. Yeah. Everybody has to stop. That's fine. But if I would have let that go, that's my work showing and it could, you know, it's, it's okay. Or another time I was prepping somebody's skin and I was, I was putting on their foundation and that formula was not sitting well for their skin. And midway in, as I'm, I said, I'm so sorry, this is not working how I thought it was. Let's start over. I can do better for you. Yeah. Cause you just, sometimes you just don't know, like you just don't. I think that's so great that you have felt empowered enough to speak up and own the mistake and fix it so that, you know, in in the end, people aren't like looking back at the pictures and probably some people wouldn't even notice, but, you know, I think the model would notice and you would certainly notice. So that's, that's an important lesson just in general, no matter what you do in work, as soon as you've realized you've made a mistake, that is the time to be verbal, recognize the mistake and go into fixing it versus sleeping it under the rug and like acting like it's yes. hasn't happened. I, mean, yeah. I always tell like my assistants or people that, you know, <laughs> I feel weird saying it, like considers me as mentors is always be a student. You don't mm-hmm. know everything. We work in this beauty world where new things come out every day, new techniques, new trends, be open to learning, never be that person that is not willing to listen or pick up tips from another person. And if you mess up, say you mess up, like, because Mm -hmm. word of mouth is so strong and bad news travels so much faster than good news. You just like be okay. Like, you know what, this is, I messed up my bad. Yes. Jocelyn you see and touch and feel a lot of beauty products day in and day out, but what are like your top, top beauty products that you're loving right now? Okay. Anybody that knows me and follows me knows that I am completely obsessed with this brand called skin glass. Yes. Have you heard of it? Nor. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, I'm obsessed. So I use it on myself. I keep it in my kit obsessed with it. What does it it do? What, what is the actual like effect? Okay. So while it is an oil, it's a nourishing oil. So it, I don't want to call it a dry oil, but it's not going to like move or disrupt your foundation. It comes in different colors and it looks so beautiful alone. So if I'm on vacation or for your trip to Mexico, you can wear it alone on your skin and you just look like a glowing bronze goddess underneath foundation, mixing it with foundation or putting it on top of it as a highlighter. It's like, a game changer. Yes. Okay. Actually, I'm looking at the ingredients now. This is like a very good mix, something that I would make myself. Yeah. It's avocado, neem, jojoba, and grapeseed oil. Now I love a, I love a grapeseed and jojoba mix. Neem, I would not think to put in 
something with makeup. And then avocado oil can tend to be heavy, but this is very interesting. Yeah, it's beautiful. It, they're, wow. they're beautiful. A little vitamin E, a little sunflower seed oil. This is great. And it's priced well too at, at like $38. That's that's yeah. very accessible. Okay. Love that tip. Anything yeah. else? I want to say, I don't even know how long ago, but anyway, I have really curly hair. You can't see it right now. I have it slicked back, but I've been using this product from these two sisters out of Texas. They're from India and they've created these products, this uh, pre-wash scalp that I've been using. And they, now they just launched a, a conditioner and a shampoo. It's called Shaz and Keeks. And all of their products are from, the, the ingredients are from India and they're just, their story is beautiful, but the product is amazing. I might have like highlights in my hair, but it's, it's completely changed my hair and I love really? it. How has yeah. it changed your hair? It just feels healthier and better and so much healthier. It like restored my shine. It helped to bring my curl pattern back. It's like nourished it. So it doesn't look as brittle and dry. And, um, I have a hard time finding shampoo and conditioner because either it's too heavy or it's right. not enough moisturizing and it's just, it works for me and, and I love it. Okay. One, one last beauty product you're loving to round us out. Um, I feel like I've always loved this one. And again, if anybody follows me, knows that I'm always talking about it, but have you heard of Dermaflash? Yes, I believe so. Like the tool? Yeah, this one? Yes. Okay. So I have this. They sent it to me very graciously and I never uploaded my like little like demo using it because I was like, I don't think I'm doing this right. And I don't feel confident in my usage of it. So I have not gone back to it, but talk to me about Dermaflash. I've used Dermaflash since it first came out, which I think it may be like four years ago. So this is the newer version. Personally, for me, I love it because it does a couple of things. It removes peach fuzz, but it also helps to like polish the skin to take away any dead flakes of skin that just kind of linger around. And while you may not visibly see it, once you're using it, you'll see the skin. I actually did it before our session here. You'll just see the skin like flaking off. It's like your foundation and makeup. Yeah. It's like microblading, right? Or uh, derma, derma. Dermablading, uh, not microblading. Dermaplaning, yeah. At home. And some people do it with just like a straight, like those like box cutters I've seen people do, which like makes me so nervous. But yeah, it's like this idea. It's like this, it, it kind of has like a gentle buzz to it. And it just removes any hair or dead skin at that top surface level of your skin. And so you were saying that it makes foundation go on really well. Your foundation goes on so much smoother. It looks brighter. And you wouldn't even like think that just the hair or the peach fuss that's on your face, how much darker it makes your skin look. Like once it comes on, your skin looks brighter. I keep this in my skit, my, my kit a lot. And a lot of people are like, does your hair grow back thicker? And the answer is no, it doesn't. Interesting. I am a very hairless person in general. Um, I don't have your gorgeous eyebrows. I had to get mine microbladed. I have no lashes. I like literally shave my legs like once every six weeks if I remember to. So I think because I I have I have other battles. I have other struggles than than the hair on the face. So I think I when you. I when I did it, it was just sort of like okay, nothing's really coming off, and I feel like I exfoliate quite often, so I didn't have a lot of dead skin. But I know people love that love that. So yeah. I'm, I'm happy that it's something that you found really works for you and for other people that you use it on. What about gifts? Like we didn't talk about holiday gifts and I just love hearing from professionals 
what they would give as gifts to people because again, you try a lot of things and you have a very high BS detector and you're not going to like waste your money buying someone a gift that's like not going to be good. So when you have to get people in your family or friends gifts, like what do you, what beauty things do you recommend? I mean, I already have my gifts purchased for this year. I practically give organized. I know I'm a little psycho about it, but I already know the women in my family and I give them the same thing every year because I know this is what they love, what they, what they like. And to be honest, I always get them this, this serum, the advanced night repair serum. It is a Um, great gift. No one is going to get that and be like, why? Yeah. I I can't, everyone loves it. Not show up with that. They will not feed me. (laughs) (laughs) They will not. Yeah, it is great. Have you tried the advanced night repair, like eye serum? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, the matrix I've added this one for my mom and I I enjoy this one a lot. I use another one for myself, but this one's really good because of the actual tool that's in it. You can't really see it right now as I'm showing it to you, but I'll wipe some product off, but it has this tool and this is a cryo, a cryo, I can never say that word cryo tool. So it stays cold. So it really helps with depuffing the eye area it creates like this with the technology, this like cushion to help protect the skin from all the movements that we make throughout the day. But it feels so, so good. Wow. Wait, and what's this one called? So this one's called Advanced Night Eye Concentrate Matrix. That's Matrix. a long one. Okay. Yeah. But it has this like, I've never seen that type of applicator before. Yeah. Yeah. This works really good for people that battle with puffiness. puffiness. So this little tool here, while you move it around back and forth because of the coldness, it helps with fatigued eyes, but it also with just a little bit of pressure starts helping with like the microcirculation around the eye to help the eyes look less depuffed. Okay. So it feels so good. I keep this in my kit since it's steel. Um, it doesn't, you know, it's easy to clean and I, it feels so good. Very interesting. Okay. I have not come across that one yet, but that is super, super interesting. Okay. I love that gift idea. And also I think skincare is hard to get for people because you don't know what their skin concerns are, but I do feel like that serum is like a very safe choice and a like good choice. Anything else that's been a popular beauty gift for the women in your family? Lipsticks. Yeah. Skincare is tricky sometimes, but the women in my family or the my friends, I just can never go wrong with lipstick. What's your go-to lipstick that you buy for them? Honestly, I love Estee Lauder's lipsticks. They're okay. so creamy and their formula. I mean, I've never had any complaints with anybody with them. And the packaging is so pretty. So it's very luxurious. So when they get one, they're like, oh my God. Yes. Having a beautiful lipstick especially one that's like a little bit more expensive than what you would buy for yourself. Cause I'm like the girl that's just putting on like lip gloss all day. But if I get gifted like a beautiful lipstick that I want to keep on my dresser, it just feels very special. And that's the whole goal with a gift, right? Make the person receiving it feel special. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the women in my family don't gift themselves products like these. So when they receive them, it's not just how amazing what you're giving them, but just you know, it's a luxury for them. Yeah. The gift of self-care. I love that. And when do you feel most beautiful? 
I have to say at night when I'm doing my nightly routine, I feel the most beautiful because I'm, I'm taking care of myself the most at that moment. It is such a special moment doing your skincare. I, I can remember even when I gave birth, like at the hospital, I brought my full skincare kit. And after labor and delivery, I was like, I'm doing my skincare routine before I get back (laughs) in this hospital bed. Um, That's going to be me for sure. Yeah. It's just, it's just like so important to do to ground yourself. So I love that advice. I have learned so much in this conversation, Jocelyn. I don't think you understand just like little gems here and there that are going to actually like change the way that I do makeup, the way that I think about buying makeup and the way that I'm going to approach my travel beauty for this upcoming trip. So thank you so, so much for your time and for being on Naked Beauty. And where can people find you and and follow along all your great work? Oh my goodness. First of all, thank you for having me. I loved speaking to you and meeting you virtually. I'm most active on my Instagram uh, handle, which is Jocelyn, J-O-C-E-L-Y-N underscore B-I-G-A. I'm pretty active there. You can slide into my DMs. I'm always answering questions. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on Naked Beauty. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 